0: the um, uh, the feelings and doubts and fears that they have Lord so be with them and we ask thee that they will feel your miracle and we ask thee to have a miracle healing upon them Lord as we also start this beginning hour of the um, sabbath hour we ask thee that you will anoint each and every one of us Lord on the sabbath hour and help us to keep the sabbath holy and help us to Uh, follow your word and not go in our worldly ways, Lord, and not in our ways. And we commit each and every one of us into your feet as we also worship you, and anoint us and give us a receptive mind so we would listen to your word and not just be carers of the world, but also doers of the word, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Our most gracious and loving and loving Father in heaven, I want to thank you, Lord, for giving us this opportunity to to call upon your holy name, Lord. Father, this time in a special way, Lord, I want to ask you forgiveness for all the sins that I have committed against you, knowingly and unknowingly. I want to ask you forgiveness. Please forgive my sins, cover me, and please answer my prayers. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are weak, we are sinners, but I know, Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ Heavenly Father cover us and please answer our prayers gracious Father Lord at this time in a special way I want to thank you so much for this opportunity where we could call upon your holy name along with other other children as well Lord you have promised where two or three are gathered there I am present and I believe that your presence is here at this moment father in a a special way lord uh, this moment we want to commit all the children of our church and the children of the world everyone in your precious hands heavenly father especially as you know in in that the school has school is opened and children have gone back to school and also the university is open or some of them are opening as our children are going back we want you to cover them heavenly father cover them with your with your blood, protect them, Heavenly Father. As you know, the, the the whole world we are all worried about this coronavirus, which is which is spreading so much everywhere, Heavenly Father. At this moment in time, we we claim your promise, Lord. You have said said, that, said that, might fall on the on the other side, but you, but nothing, nothing will come to to us. That's the promise that you have promised. Us, Heavenly Father, we want to claim those promise, and we want to commit all our children in your precious hands, Heavenly Father. Let your guardian angel go with them, protect them from the from illness, from not only from illness, Heavenly Father, but also from from all the other evil uh, influence and other other things that that they can be influenced. We want to, want you to protect them, Heavenly Father, so that they'll be able to remain. Uh, healthy healthy and also he, they'll be able to remain healthy and also they'll be able to remain spiritually healthy as well heavenly father continue to bless us be with us as parents give us wisdom that we'll be able to bring our children up in children up in a special way as well lord this time i also want to pray for Sister Umba and her son uh, ethan please heavenly father don't know what the problem is but lord you know what what they require and what are the need what are the needs heavenly father please mm. fulfill the desires of her heart according to your wish heavenly father want to commit Ethan as well bless bless Ethan and take care of him too heavenly father lord also I want to commit each and every one of us who have bowed on our heads before you bless us bless all our families and help us Lord that we will be able to clean our heart and we'll be able to to prepare ourselves to meet you. Thank you once again for listening to our prayer continue to be with us as we learn about you. Let your Holy Spirit be with us so that we'll be able to learn and understand and also practice it in our lives. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Thank you for those beautiful prayers. Um, We're now going to go to have another song, Grace Walking. Um, Enjoy it and sing along because the words come up on the screen. As long as you're on mute, please sing along as we meditate uh, on grace walking.
2: For all the stories we tell of quick dramatic change, most people don't experience grace that way. We make it sound as though every person's life needs a Damascus road, like the Apostle Paul. You know, bright lights, big sounds, big confrontations with the Lord. Truthfully, some people come to faith that way. But there's another road that Scripture tells us about, one on which many of us walk. The Bible tells the story of two lonely, sad disciples walking to a little town called Emmaus on the Sunday of the resurrection. They didn't know yet that Jesus was alive. The last they saw was women wrapping up his body on that awful Friday afternoon, but they set up to walk together and talk together, wrapped up in their grief, barely noticing where they were. For all their sadness, they got one thing truly right. They made a covenant to walk and talk together. And what happened? You've heard the story. Yes, someone else began to walk with them and talk with them. A stranger, they thought at first, but one who lifted their haggard hearts and gave them better hope than they had ever had. When two believers decided to walk together, grace showed up. The day was changed. The future was forever changed. That's how it happens still for most of us. We learn our grace by walking with each other, sharing hopes and sharing faith. No one of us knows everything, but two of us know more than one. And grace still shows up, reveals himself out there on the road. If you need faith, go walking with a believer. I promise you. Another stranger soon will join you and stay in grace.
0: Amen. Amen. It was a video, not a song. So for for all their sadness, the the disciples' sadness, they made the covenant to walk and talk together. So we learn our grace by walking with each other. So we are privileged this evening. Stephen is going to give us a message now. Um, So I'll hand over to Stephen. Thank you for um, giving us the word of God this evening as we uh, meditate and welcome the Sabbath. Over to you, Stephen.
3: Amen. Okay. Thank you, Auntie. Um, And thank you, everyone, for joining us for this Vespers evening. I hope you are um, having a good sabbath i think it's just become sabbath just in the last few minutes so um, again happy sabbath to you i hope that you've had a good week um, so far i'm excited to be sharing the message with you this evening and the title of the message is moths treasures and me moths treasures and me and i'm aware of the time so um, let's go straight into the word with um beginning with a prayer let's bow our heads for a word of prayer Heavenly father we just want to thank you once again um, for the god that you are and that you continue to be lord thank you that despite the fluctuations of our weeks and the fluctuations of our lives lord thank you that you are still a constant lord your love does not change you are forever and good to us Lord. so we just want to thank you that um, as we begin this sabbath and as we spend this time to rest in you we just ask that um, you would speak to us in a way you've never spoken to us before and as we're going to open up your word um, just bless us touch our hearts and help us to take away something very practical from this from this message in jesus name i pray amen 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 moths treasures and me so if you know anything about me uh, and I'm sure maybe some of you do, if you know anything about me, you know that there is one thing that I, I hate more than anything, more than anything in the world, and that is creepy crawly, spiders, moths, flies, anything like that, I just cannot stand it, and, and I don't mean this lightly, I really, really, I maybe I shouldn't use the word hate, um, but I, I really, really don't like these 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 wonderful things that God has created, of course, but man, I I really don't like them. And I remember um, a story from when I was younger. I was much younger. I, I I can't remember quite how old, but definitely under the age of under the age of ten. Um, and my mum was away at work, and my uh, my sister was four years older than me. She was at home with me. and My dad had just gone to work, so we're there, me and my sister. Um, we we're, were there at home. And just if you know where a house is, and I'm sure some of your houses are the same, as you go up the stairs, the door to the toilet is, is, is right there at the top of the stairs. So as we've gone up the stairs, just on the door of the toilet where the skirting board is, there is this huge spider. And, and, and to be honest, I don't know how big it was because, I mean, in, as a child, the way I thought the spider was this big, I'm, I'm sure it was, and it was probably only this big. But the spider scene seen massive. So... So I'm there and, and, and I'm panicking. I need you to kind of imagine the situation. I'm panicking. I'm getting really, really worried. So I called Steffi, my sister. She comes and, and, and she sees it and she's not as scared as me, but she's still scared and she's panicking too. So we do the thing. The only thing that we know how to do, we call our parents. We call our dad and we say, you know, you need to come home right now. Right, right now. And, and of course he was, he was a bit worried. He said, you know, what's happened? I said, no, you need to come home right now so my dad gets in the car he, he, he speeds home from work he comes in, and and he, he he probably has his own version of the story um but he says that as, as he came through the front door and as he's walking up the stairs on this stair day he sees me like this with a, with a slipper in my hand and Steffi's like this on the step just below um with a, with a stick or, or some sort in the hand and we're ready we're ready because we don't want to lo- we don't lose the spider from our sights and obviously my dad He just came and picked up and it was nothing but but the point I'm trying to say is I don't like I don't like spiders and 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 spiders are here but imagine imagine things that can fly I mean oh my gosh so moths don't like them at all and um, because of that I find it quite interesting um, that the Bible in fact Jesus even bothers talking about these you know these evil evil creatures And, and of course I'm joking they're not evil creatures. Um, but Jesus talks about moths in the Bible, and and it, and it's found in the Sermon on the Mount. So I want you to turn your Bibles with me, with me to Matthew chapter five. Um, I you just turn your Bibles to Matthew verse, um, chapters five to seven? Right, Matthew five to seven. Here we find the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount. And and the thing about the Sermon on the Mountain, this is a this is a radical. This is a fascinating passage found in in the Bible, in fact, some, some scholars, some, some people even say, you know, the Sermon on the Mount is, if, if all you read was the Sermon on the Mount, there would be enough for you to be saved. As in, there is enough truth and wisdom just in those three chapters by Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount. And, and, and what the Sermon on the Mount really is, is Jesus' manifesto. And when I say the word manifesto, your mind is probably drawn straight away to the politics, to the, to the government, to Labour or, or to, to Conservative Party or whatever party it is. And, and all these parties, they have a manifesto. Whenever the election time comes around, there's a manifesto and it basically sets out all that they want to have, all the things that they want. And the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' manifesto of the kingdom of God. Jesus here, on the Sermon on the Mount, in front of the the hundreds of people that were there, he's setting out, this is what the kingdom of God is about. And if you've read through the Gospels, you notice that this phrase, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, it's repeated so many times. I think it's 162 or 68 times in the entire New Testament. This is is something that Jesus is, is repeating again and again. And, and my Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, it says that when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teachings. The people were astonished. They couldn't, they couldn't believe what they were hearing. They were shocked. They, were, they, they, they couldn't believe that that person had stood up there and said what he said. So tonight, um, our message, Moths, Treasures, and we, we're going to explore you know, why it was these people were so shocked and so understand why they were so shocked why they were so astonished why they couldn't believe what they had just heard we need to look a little bit at the context of what's happening so I'm just going to need you guys to pay attention with me just for a few minutes we need to look at the context of what's happening in first century Judaism See, in first century Judaism you were separated into four categories okay four one, two, three, four, four categories. There are four different groups of people and, and most people just nicely fell into those categories or, or they're at least sympathetic to at least one of those groups. And those groups are the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes and the Zealots. And the Pharisees, we've heard a lot about them and we, and we see them a lot in the Bible. And the Pharisees, they were this kind of pressure group. You know, they were really, really influential, you know, had a lot of, had a lot of power. People respected and listened to them. Um, and the Pharisees, you know, they didn't really like the Romans. The Romans and them, they, they didn't like each other, but, you know, they would get along just for, you know, for politics sake. And, 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 the, and the thing with the Pharisees was they believed that, you know, if we keep the law well enough, if we just obey well enough, if we just do everything we're supposed to do, then we'll never get sent into exile in Babylon and the Messiah will come. So their whole life, their philosophy is all about, you know, let's keep the Torah. Let's be as obedient as we can because, because, because when we do that, then the Messiah will come. So that's the first group, the Pharisees. Then the second group we have is the Sadducees and the Sadducees, a little bit different to the pharisees again they're they're this elite group powerful influential um but the pharisees they were the i guess you would say the politically correct people so these guys they were you know best friends with the romans they do everything they can to help the romans to live peaceably and you know they're always about trying to be politically correct and and even if that meant compromising the Torah just to keep the peace, to be politically correct. That's what the Sadducees were about. So the Pharisees, you have the Sadducees, and then you have another group, and this group is called the Essenes. The Essenes, they they, they just, you know, believe that the world was so wicked. The world is horrible and wicked, and the only way for us to to live is to just remove ourselves from society. So they wouldn't live in the big cities. They go out and they live in the wilderness and they move from place to place, um, and they just wait for God to do what he wants to do. And hopefully, as I'm saying these groups, you can you can kind of see the difference between the groups. You have the Pharisees, you know, keep the Torah as well as possible, the Sadducees, let's be politically correct with the Romans. You have their scenes, you know, let's just run away from the from the wicked world and just live in the wilderness. And then you have the zealots. And you're probably familiar with the word zealot. You know, one of the disciples was, was from a family of zealots, and you know, there's this aggressive, passionate, zealous group. So what their plan was, you know. One one of the mantras they would say is, you know, say your prayers, but sharpen your swords. Say your prayers to God, but sharpen your swords, because if we are walking down a dark alleyway and there's a Roman ready to jump on him, ready to kill him, because, you know, we're the Jews and they're the Romans. And, you know, we're ready to fight and, and, and get back our land. So those are the four groups. And at Jesus' time, there was a lot of different people standing up to preach. And most often than not, when they'd stand up, you could be, oh, yeah, he's a zealot. Or, oh, yeah, he, he, he's, he's a Pharisee preaching. Oh, 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 yeah, he's a Sadducee. So as Jesus is standing up to, to, on the Sermon on the Mount to preach in this, in this cauldron, it's politically hot, it's messy, it's, you know, people are just ready. As soon as he speaks, they're listening. Hmm, so is this man a Pharisee? Is he, is he a Sadducee? Is he a scene? Is he, is he, is he all of this stuff? Jesus has to be really careful because he he recognizes, I don't want to associate myself with the Pharisees and, and I don't want to associate myself with the, with the Sadducees or the Essenes or the Zealots. Jesus here stands up and says, I want to introduce to you a new group, a new kingdom. And it's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God. So in Matthew chapter five. Um, he, he just just to paraphrase really quickly, Matthew chapter five, he talks a lot about how to do things properly, how to do things the right way. He often says, you know, you have heard it said, but I say to you, you know, you have heard it said that, you know, if you kill someone. But I say even if you think in your heart, that's murder, you have heard, but I say. And, and, and that's kind of chapter five to, to kind of, you know, gloss over That's That's what he talks about. In chapter five and then in chapter six he says don't do it like this but instead do this so what's chapter five everyone it's you know you have heard it said but i say and then chapter six is don't do it like this do this instead so for example he says you know when you're giving don't give in front of everyone but instead don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing or for example, he says, when you pray, don't go out and, you know, kneel down in the middle of the church and pray these long and loud and boastful prayers. But instead, go to your room, close the door, lock it and pray to your father in secret. And then he also says, you know, when you fast, don't. When you fast, you know, your face looks sad and tired and weary. But instead, Jesus says, wash your face. Look presentable because, because you know, don't, don't, don't make, p- make people think, you know, oh, my gosh, look, he's fasting. Jesus said, don't do it like this. Do this instead. And what Jesus is doing in in chapter five and chapter six, he's setting the stage. He's setting the stage. He's building things up. He's setting everything up. And up until chapter six or five, he talks about how to give properly, how to do good properly, how how to pray properly, how to fast properly. And what Jesus is doing, he's talking about all the religious hypocrisy that he can see. All the things that the religious people and the church are doing around all the hypocrisy. Jesus is addressing those situations. He's addressing that. He talks about it. But then what he does in verse 19 is Jesus almost, if you imagine if he's on a stage, he takes the spotlight. And instead of putting it on the crowd, he puts the spotlight directly on you and me. Moths, treasures and me. Moths, treasures, and me And Jesus puts the spotlight on us and, 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 and he shifts his focus From everything that's happening around What the religious people, the hypocrisy And he shifts the focus right here Onto you and me And in the Greek, I mean It, it, it doesn't matter too much if you, if you don't know Greek at all In fact, it doesn't matter at all But in the Greek, um, Jesus is using A personal pronoun here Jesus, he, He's talking to you directly It's a personal pronoun he's using And and, and although he's speaking to the entire crowd, directly to you. So I hope that point is clear. That as, as we're going to read verse 19 to 21, Jesus is speaking directly to you. And he says this in verse 19. He says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But instead, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Moth, treasure, and me. You know, each and every single one of us have treasures. And it's and it's and it's evident as Jesus is talking to the crowd. We see a little bit later on in, in Matthew chapter six that you know Jesus is talking to people that aren't exactly rich. These people aren't you know mightily wealthy, and they don't have a lot of belongings because in fact Jesus is telling them in verse twenty-five, "Don't worry about where your next meal is going to come from. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or what you're going to wear, because these people are probably worried about that things because they were not very wealthy." They were poor. They were simple people. And and, and despite them being poor and simple people, Jesus still says to them, don't lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. So the question is, what treasures is Jesus talking about? Jesus isn't talking about acres and acres of land. He's not talking about gold, gold chests. He's not talking about that type of treasure specifically because because for many of the people, they didn't even have those treasures. They didn't even have them. So, 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 so what are the treasures that Jesus is talking about? Don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. I want to suggest to you this evening that the treasures that Jesus is talking about, it's not just the cars, it's not just the houses, it's not just the money, it's not just the, I don't know, the, the piggy bank on the, on the side of your bed or, 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 or your savings account. Or, that's not the treasure Jesus is talking about Jesus isn't saying Don't park your car in your driveway Go park your car in heaven No, 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 no that, that, That's not what That's not what Jesus means The treasures Are the things That we hold dear to us The things that we invest, invest time in The things that you know, we desire and we value Those things Are our treasures and, 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 and for each and every single one of you It's a different thing There are things that we desire That we value That we invest all of our time in And Jesus is inviting the audience But also inviting you and me specifically To not lay up your treasures here on earth Why? Why not? I mean it seems like a good idea I mean we've, we've been here all this time You know, I've, I've, I've been born on earth I've been raised on earth. I've been brought up on earth. So why wouldn't I lay up my pleasures here on earth, Jesus? I mean, it's it's just logical, right? It, it, it makes sense. I mean, earth is all I've known. But Jesus says, no, don't do it where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And I think Jesus is, is not like me. I don't think Jesus has just thrown in the word moths there because he's scared of moths like me. No, 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 no. There was an intentional and a... And a, and, a, and a proper reason why Jesus has used those three things Moths, rust, and thieves Why those three things? You know, in those times And, and, you, and you've probably seen it for yourselves Moths, they like to eat garments They eat through clothes They eat through, you know, wool and fabric and, and in those times, you know, people would lace gold through their clothes They would wear a lot of clothes They'd lace gold through it And as they're lacing gold through it the moths, they would come and they would bite through the fabric and completely ruin the clothing So people know all about moths and, 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 and rust, I mean we all know what rust is When you leave metal or something outside in the rain and it comes and it's completely ruined, it gets rusted But the thing is, with the moth and the rust, those things are natural things, you know They're, they're not something that someone has just done, they're natural things But then on the other hand, you have thieves that come in to break in and steal. And thieves, this is a this is a personal thing. This is someone has actually come and broken into you, broken into your house. And what you find here is that Jesus, remember, he is setting out here his manifesto of what the kingdom of God is about. So I need need you to stay with me. He's setting out his manifesto of what the kingdom of God is about. So he says here, the kingdom on earth. You have moths, you have rust, and you have thieves. And, and, and what you find here is, is, is when you discuss the problem of evil, the problem of suffering, evil can usually be divided into two groups. We have natural evil and moral evil. We have natural evil. This is evil that just happens as a result of natural disasters, you know, calamities around us. This is just natural evil. We see the tornadoes, the earthquakes, the hurricanes. This is evil, but it, it, it's, it's, it's natural. But then you also have a thing called moral evil. And that's the stuff we see more in the news, you know, the murder, the rape, the violence. This is moral evil. And why Jesus has used these three words, moths and rust, they represent the natural evil that, that happens to so many of us. But also the thieves represent the moral evil. And what Jesus here is saying, this kingdom here on earth, here on earth, don't lay your treasures here. Don't invest your time and your don't, don't put all your values here on earth. Because why? It's subject to natural evil. It's subject to moral evil. But instead, Jesus says, lay up your treasure in heaven. And he even goes as far to say where there is no moth, no rust, and no thieves. No, Jesus could have just said, lay up your treasures in heaven, but he says no, because there is no moths, there is no rust, there is no thieves. Guys, I just want to encourage you this evening that heaven is a reality. Heaven is a reality. It's not just a made up place. It's not just a fairy tale we talk about to get us through the tough times in life. No, heaven is a reality. And sometimes when we, when we look around our own life and, and the lockdown and whatever it is, everything is just so doom and gloom that heaven just seems a million miles away. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. I mean, really? I mean, we're going to walk on streets of, I mean, I mean, come on, really? No, heaven is a reality. And there are no three, there are no moths. there are no rust, there are no thieves, there is no evil there, no suffering there. Heaven is a reality. And Jesus here is inviting each and every single one of us to lay up our treasures in heaven. To lay up your time, your efforts. What are you doing on a day to day basis? What does your day usually look like? What is actually taking up most of your time? You know, are you investing time into laying up your treasures in heaven? And, and, and there's a reason why I've chosen to, spoke about, to speak about this passage here today, because this passage came to me in a time in my life where I was just going through the motions. I was doing things and just going by and, you know, deadline this thing, that thing, doing the things that you need to do, this urgent calls or whatever. It is. And you're just, you're just doing things, you know, you're just getting by. And God spoke to me in this verse and he says, Stephen, what are you investing your time in? On a day-to-day basis, what is taking up most of your time? And as, and as God was asking that question to me, it felt uncomfortable. It, it didn't feel right because I knew what the answer was. I knew what the answer was. I'm encouraging each and every single one of you today to take time to evaluate what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. What, where do you spend most of your time? Ellen G. White in Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing, she says this Character is the great harvest of life, and every word or deed that through the grace of Christ shall kindle in one's soul an impulse that reaches heavenward. And every effort that tends to the formation of a Christ like character is laying up treasure in heaven. I'll just read that last bit again. Every effort that tends to the formation of a Christ like character. Is laying up treasure in heaven in, in other words Everything that you do That, that, that you know uh, That is that is instilling in you A more Christ like character She says that Is laying up your treasure In heaven And in verse 21 says where your treasure is There your heart will be also It's not the other way around It's not where your heart is That's where your treasure is going to be and I wish we humans worked like this, you know The things that we wanted to do where our heart was That's the thing that we'd spend most of our time in Because, you know, but, but it's not that way It's where you spend most of your time, your treasure The Bible says, yeah, that's where your heart is That's where your heart is And so, it's a, it's a, it's a statement, it's a phrase we've heard so many times in our life But heaven is a reality and Jesus is coming again. Jesus really is coming, but, but our, 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 all of our efforts geared towards that. As we're living in these times and, and we're seeing the things around us and and, and 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 there's a tendency to panic and think, oh my gosh, you know, I need to I need to you know pack up my bags and run to the country. No, no no no. Jesus is asking you today, very very simply, where is your heart? Where is your heart? Where are you spending your time on the day-to-day basis? Because the choices that we make today are our future for tomorrow. And if we want heaven to become a reality for our life, it's the choices that we make today. So in closing, the invitation from Jesus is going out to each and every single one of you today to lay up your treasures in a place where there's no sin, there's no moths. Hallelujah, there's no moths. There's no rust, there's no thieves, there's nothing to take and destroy. A place where the joy, no one can snatch it away from you. And Jesus today is inviting you to lay up your treasures in that place. Take time each and every single day to think intentionally, think consciously. What am I doing today that is going to be laying up my treasure for the future? What am I doing today? How am I spending my time? Am I, am I taking time in devotion? Am I taking time in personal prayer and praying for others? Am I taking time to, 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 to be the light of the world to those around me? Am I taking you know, conscious time to do those things? Because where our, our, where our, where our treasure is, our heart will be also. Moth's treasures and me. And I hope... That for you and for me, we will, we will lay up our treasures in heaven. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen.
3: At this time, um, I just invite you to, to bow your heads with me as we close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much. Um, we just want to thank you so much for, for inviting us to be a part of the kingdom of God. You want to thank you for this invitation that we can be a part of something so pure and so holy and and, 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 so, and so joyous Lord and so and so loving Lord, we're sick and tired of the evil around us here on earth. And all that times it's, it's easy for us to get bogged up in, in all the suffering that's happening around us Lord but help us to remember that heaven is a reality and that you really are coming back again. So Lord, we ask that each and every single day Lord, we would take and make intentional time, to create a more Christ like character lord we know that we can't do it by ourselves Lord we've tried and we know that we are utterly utterly hopeless mm-hmm. lord, we want to thank you that through the grace of Jesus Christ lord we know that with you holding our hand we can lay up our treasures in heaven we can do the things on a day to day basis that will lay up our treasures for an eternity in heaven mm-hmm. so we just want to we just want to pray that prayer today in Jesus name i pray amen
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Stephen, um, for that timely reminder to each and every one of us, um, Moth's treasures and me, um, for the reminder of where our treasures are and that we need to lay our treasures in heaven. So thank you so much for that message. So, just a reminder to everyone um, that tomorrow our service begins at half past nine. As you join the prayer and praise, and then continue through for the rest of rest of the day. So, I'd like to invite every one of us here to invite our friends, our neighbors, um, to enjoy the Sabbath with with us tomorrow. So. Good evening, happy Sabbath, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Amen. Amen. Amen.